passage that we'll look at this morning is from Mark, uh, the fifth chapter, and we will begin at verse 21 and read on to the end of the verse, end of the chapter, and I'd uh, ask you to listen, for this is the word of God. Now when Jesus had again crossed over, this is, he went Stormy Lake and now he's coming back. Uh, by boat to the other side, so back to where they started, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, or in other words, the president of the synagogue, a man named Jairus, came there, and seeing Jesus, he, Jairus, fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now a large crowd followed and pressed against Jesus, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, and yet instead of getting better, she just got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now while Jesus was still speaking, some men from the house of Jairus, the synagogue president, said, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. They laughed at him. And after he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kuom which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. And they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to tell anyone and and told them to give her something to eat. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks and we ask that your spirit open our hearts to a deeper, better, truer understanding of who you are and what you would have us be in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was reading a book review uh, this couple of weeks ago, and it was, uh, of all things, a book on running. And um, what happened was uh, some guy from America, a newspaper reporter, went to Kenya because he wanted to find out the secrets of why the Kenyans were always winning every long-distance race. And what he found was that there's no secret. There's no secret. Even though they win everything, the secrets are 
they train hard over a long period of time, and they stay highly motivated, and one other thing, but there's no secret. Everybody knows that. And, and so this is what I want to do this morning. I want to tell you the secret right out. The secret of salvation is not really a secret. The secret is touch. We need to touch, like Jairus touched, like the woman touched, uh, like Jesus touched the daughter. We need to touch and be touched by the Lord Jesus, and we need faith. We need to believe, like Jesus said to the woman, like uh, Jesus said to Jairus, and Jairus had faith. So we need touch, and we need faith, and that's a secret. That's it. So I'm going to spend the next hour and a half in my sermon telling you about that. I have until noon, I think, right, because we're on summer? The next few moments telling you the secret. So you know the answer, but that's where we are. Touch and faith. So let's look at the story. Jairus is the synagogue ruler. Now let, let's just get the narrative and the history straight. Uh, there's one temple, which is different from the synagogue. The temple is in Jerusalem. There's only one. The temple primarily is a place for sacrifice. Synagogues are in the outlying areas, all the villages and towns. And the purpose of the synagogue is very much as the purpose of a church, a congregation, it is for worship and it is for teaching so that the ruler or the president of a synagogue i need to tell you as i was meditating and pondering this passage kind of living into the passage i could relate highly to jairus because basically what he does and what i do are very similar preaching teaching that kind of thing and so i was thinking about all these kinds of things i felt the kind of tension of what the synagogue ruler would have felt. For example, there's uh, long hours of solitude that are necessary and prayer and such, and yet, you know, public appearances. Uh, a lot of touch, you know, I mean, I'm talking physically here, a lot of shaking hands, and yet a lot of times in personal prayer. So all those things, I was thinking about how Jairus would have touched a lot of people, would have, as preachers always do, say the same thing Sabbath after Sabbath, every Sunday, every Sabbath, Saturday for Jairus, same message, believe in God, be touched by the Lord, kind of the insecurity of thinking, when are people going to figure out this gig? You know, he's saying the same thing. And um, so Jairus had all that stuff going on, except sometimes it hits home. I mean, you can tell other people you need to have faith, you need to touch, you need to be touched, but then his little daughter is, is dying and, and close to death. And I'm imagining Jairus has done all those things that he's preached about all those years and taught about, uh, if you have faith, if you touch, if you pray, whatever, and it's not happening. In fact, she's getting worse. She's dying. It's coming home. And Jairus, Jairus, Jairus understands. Now, Jairus understands the big reality. And the big reality is everybody dies. You know, as, as the synagogue ruler, as the pastor, you do funerals. That's what he does. And everybody dies. And the only issue is timing, now or later. And, you know, of course, nobody wants to hear that, right? And so you got to, you know, spin it, you know, oh, as long as you're happy, you know, that's all that's important. Um, that's cynical. I just want to make that clear. There's more important things in life than being happy. Uh, but, you know, the reality is everybody dies. So 
So uh, every uh, year or two, I gotta tell you, kind of bringing home the experience, uh, I changed the way I do my devotions, like I'm sure Jairus did. I'm relating a lot to Jairus. And, uh, and so the last long time now, my uh, devotions have been uh, this prayer book. Uh, I always use some kind of prayer guide. And the prayer book I use now is basically keeping hours. So I keep morning prayer, afternoon prayer most of the time, evening prayer, night prayer, and a lot of repetition, a lot of um, psalms, about eight psalms a day. But the closing prayer, the final prayer, is the same prayer every night. And the final prayer, so in other words, I say this prayer, close my eyes, and go to sleep. I try to go to sleep. The closing prayer is, all-powerful God, grant me a restful sleep and a peaceful death. Amen. I like that. It kind of brings it home. You know, if you don't give me a restful sleep, peaceful death is good. I know it's going to happen. Whatever. And it just kind of brings home that big, big reality. And Jairus knows that big, big reality. Everybody dies. It's just a matter of timing. Now, death, death has its degrees. And, and we also know this. So, you know, there's that one to 10 thing. Like, if you go to the hospital, I know some of you have experienced this of late, and the question they ask is, on a, on a scale of one to 10, where's the pain? You know, and you say like, 25, you know, do something. Um, <clears throat> Death is like that. Ten is like dead. You know, you're dead. But death has all a range of, so there's like sadness, that's one. Uh, grief, loneliness, depression, anxiety, all those little forms of death, all someplace in there. Jairus' daughter, his daughter is dying. That's like 30, you know? His 12-year-old daughter. That hurts. That's death coming home. Jairus knows the reality. Man, it's hitting home. So, what does Jairus do? Jairus goes out to see Jesus. And now, Jairus knows the secrets. Remember the secrets? You gotta train hard. No, wait, that's the running thing. Uh, touch, touch and be touched by Jesus. Faith, faith in Jesus. That's, that's the secrets. Everybody knows that. You need to touch and be touched. So Jairus goes out, and he touches Jesus, and he kind of has faith in Jesus. Let's look at this for a minute. What kind of faith would Jairus have in Jesus? It's kind of experimental. I mean, he doesn't have like, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth kind of faith. He's testing it out. Because it's really a kind of inadequate faith at this point. He doesn't know, he hasn't been following Jesus. He probably doesn't even know the Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't know the teachings of Jesus. In fact, he's probably only heard secondary, you know, somebody in my church heard something about what somebody said about Jesus, and, and so he's checking it out. So it's an immature faith, it's an adequate faith. He doesn't know the fullness of who Jesus is. He doesn't know Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died for our sins, the sins of all the world, that Jesus rose again, defeating death forever, that Jesus ascended into heaven, returning to where he came from, that he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the church. Hasn't happened. So his faith, at best, is inadequate, except it's faith. Immature, maybe, can we say childlike? And so he goes, and he touches Jesus, begs Jesus, actually, and he believes enough, enough. Well, Jesus decides, chooses, to follow Jairus back to his home where the, where the girl is dying. On the way, there's the woman with the issue of blood that's had the issue of blood for 12 years. Now, let's just kind of very briefly look at her life. Remember that the pain thing, 1 to 10? 
you know, 10, you're dead, one, you know, it's a bad day. This woman is like 12. I mean, it's bad. So what's going on with her? She has the issue of blood, and we know what that means. Physically, it's draining. You can understand that, right? Uh, religiously, it's excluding because of Levitical laws. She's not allowed into the, the body. Uh, socially, it's isolating because of Levitical laws and because of other things. Emotionally, it's depleting because she doesn't have contact with other people. This is terrible. And it's been like that for 12 years, and she's gotten treatment, and it's gotten worse. So she goes to Jesus. Remember the two secrets? Touch and faith. She touches Jesus. She believes that something might happen, because she's believed in doctors before, and that hasn't happened. But she has enough faith, and she is healed. Jesus turns around. That conversation happens. Go and be whole. Jesus says, and the woman is healed because she touched Jesus and she had faith. So Jesus continues on his way to the home of Jairus. As he's going, the uh, servants from Jairus come and they say, you don't bother the teacher anymore. She's dead. So on a 1 to 10 scale, she's 10. She's dead. There's nothing else he can do. But Jesus goes there with Peter, James, and John. He touches the, Jesus touches the girl. Jesus believes in the Father, and himself, the girl stands up and she's made whole because the two secrets, touch and faith, and the woman, the girl, the little girl, the 12-year-old girl is made whole. Now let's just analyze this for a minute and we'll come back and complete the story. Touch and faith. Who has faith? Well, the faith is really located all over the place, isn't it? Uh, Jairus has faith, but it's not very strong. Uh, the little girl has no faith at all. She's dead. Dead people don't have faith. Dead people are dead. So the little girl has no faith at all. Um, Peter, James, and John, they're like, wow, this is, you know, this is like the boat. You know, they're just like, wow, what's going on? He can calm the storm. He can raise the dead. They, they're just figuring, they're confused. You don't understand confused? <laughs> so Jairus kind of has faith. The little girl, she has no faith. She's dead. The boys, Peter, James, and John, they're kind of confused. The woman, she has faith. It's an adequate faith. How about touch? The little girl doesn't touch because she's dead. Jesus touches. Jairus touches. The woman touches. In other words, someplace in the circle, someplace in the circle, somebody's got to be touching Jesus. Somebody has to receive the touch of Jesus. And somebody's got to have faith. It has to be present someplace. Now let me push a little further. Jesus himself understands the secrets, obviously. He teaches us, tells us to touch and faith. Jesus knows the big, big reality. The big, big reality is everybody dies. You can't get out of that. And there's degrees, one through ten. So what does Jesus do? Jesus himself touches death. He is crucified. He enters the tomb. As the creed said, he descends into hell. Jesus himself touches death. And Jesus himself has to have faith in the Father because the dead can't raise themselves. Even the Son of God can't raise himself. They must be raised. And so Jesus touches death, has faith that the Father will raise him on the third day as Jesus said he would and as the Father did. And now 
even though each of us are touched by death, we are held by Jesus, and his embrace is stronger still. Let me say one more thing. When Jesus raises the little girl, do you remember what he tells her to do? Two things, actually. Very su- one's su- subtle, the other's not. Get up, in other words, move around, and get something to eat. Would somebody, you know, Jesus is Jewish, right? Chicken noodle soup. Can't somebody get her some noodle soup or something, you know? There's some practicality to this. You've got to do something. You're healed, you've got to get up and walk. You exercise, you eat something. You've got to do. And so the little girl gets some oatmeal or something and walks around and she's healed. Touch and feel. That's the secret. You need to touch and be touched. You need to have faith that Jesus is the one that will heal you. Now let me conclude with this. Touch and faith. Touch and faith. You know on the back of cars, uh, uh, almost every car anymore, there's like a, a sticker. I have one in my car actually. And it's like a secret code. You know, like FLX is uh, Finger Lakes, OBX, Outer Banks. I don't know all of them. 77.7, that's my secret. <laughs> Our secret. It's a race. So. I, I, let, me, let me throw a new one out. This is the one we'll publish. It's um, TF, touch and faith. But TF would spell tough, tough. I think it takes a certain degree of toughness to follow our Lord Jesus. And I'm not talking football tough, like, you know, like that. I'm talking a kind of vulnerability, walking a different path, staying true in a deeper level, opening your heart up to the Lord so that the Lord's strength may be poured into you and there's a new way of living in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord. TF, the two things, the two secrets that are necessary. The touch of the Lord, touching the Lord, and faith that the Lord will hold on to you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you have touched us by thy spirit and placed faith in our hearts. So we reach out to you to touch you and believe that only in you is there life and life everlasting. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.